carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality and claims of the paranormal but take part ourselves when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm ross blotcher and i'm carrie poppy hey carrie hey and we're back at rhythmia for your plant medicine ceremony this is why you came back everybody this is what everyone's been waiting for what happened to ross Mm -hmm. when he took ayahuasca did he die is he dead so as we've already told you there are Four days of ayahuasca. I didn't realize that going in. Did you? I didn't either, I don't think. I do remember them telling me, oh, we do it multiple times and you can do it as many or as few as you want to. I mean, it's not like they make you do it, but there's like a pretty strong social pressure to do all four nights. It's the curriculum you're following. And to do any of them, you have to pay for all of them, which is $300. Right. I'll tell you who didn't know that there would be four nights of ayahuasca. My wife. No, my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was not happy. Huh. That. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. We are now ready for our first ayahuasca ceremony. Yes, we are. I'm... And I am really trying to mentally prepare because I'll be taking a homeopathic tincture of ayahuasca and it's <laughs> going to be just as strong as regular ayahuasca. And you I'm nervous? Gonna be, yeah, I'm going to be seeing visions. I'm going to be seeing my whole life played out. Maybe I'm going to reunite with my soul. Because Jerry told you it's every bit as potent. It is exactly the same Exactly experience. the same. So Words I'm have like, meaning. holy shoots. <laughs> I can't believe all this. I mean, we'll come back to you in a second, Ross. Okay, but okay. I was having just a really important, deep spiritual experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So I found you outside the main lodge hall. I wish I had a better name for that structure. I know, we keep calling it. Can we call it a temple? Sure. It's kind of a temple. Is that offensive? Who knows? Okay. I don't know. It's Probably not. It's the main area where things happen. How about a pultum? It's a temple, but like switched around. All right. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it's this long building that is shaped like a longhouse, but it's got Asian touches to it yeah. architecturally. It looks kind of like a Japanese tea house, the kind yeah. that's like in a botanical garden. Yeah, it's not like a full pagoda. There's not multiple levels of roof, but there's that first level. So think of it as these two squares that are kind of attached by a rectangle in the middle. Right. Uh, making this long, roughly eye-shaped building as seen by the crow Mm -hmm. from above Mm -hmm. so everyone's waiting outside of that one thing i really had wished we would be able to see is just the preparation of the ayahuasca yes and that was shielded from us it was even though it kind of felt like we were watching it we'll get into this but when we get in there i kind of thought i was watching the ayahuasca being cooked Uh, It wasn't. Yeah. I think it was incense. And I think earlier I'd gotten a sense that there were people inside doing preparation stuff. And I thought, oh, I wish I could be part of this Mm -hmm, part. mm -hmm. But no, not so much. So everyone was waiting outside in their mostly white garb. Yeah. So we were told that ideally you wear white to the ceremony if you've got it. If you don't, no big deal. But we were both like, gosh, wish we had packed white. Wish we'd been told. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently we don't wear white unless we're doing live gazing sessions. (laughs) Right. In which case we bring the white. Uh, Because then you have to wash it with all the other colors and it's just such a hassle. Yeah, indeed. So we wore something else. Yeah, I think I wore gray. I had a orangish red shirt and my blue pajama bottoms, kind of a, not a checker pattern, a, like a plaid. Yeah, uh, yeah, plaid, but with big 
stripes. Right. Big squares. So I wandered up and they want you to take your shoes off for this place. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. there's a big collection of everybody's shoes as people are discarding those. And we're waiting kind of on the edge. There's this wooden lip to the building is sort mm-hmm. of a deck that runs around it. So people are kind of standing up on the deck and they're having conversations. Everyone's comparing about how nervous they are. I wasn't feeling as nervous for this as I had for, say, our holotropic breath work. Is that because you knew that you would be taking a non-homeopathic dose? You'd be taking way more <laughs> and so it wouldn't be as effective as mine? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. I, I think it was just because there was no element of performance anxiety. I knew this was going to do its thing. I had no doubt of that. There was nothing I really had to accomplish or do Mm -hmm. other than just, you know, let it take its effect. So Um, I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah, I was surprised by how little you were worried. Yeah, yeah, you didn't really seem very worried. I remember saying that to Drew, texting him like, how come Ross is like way less worried about this than holotropic breathing, which is not Yeah, maybe my uh, priorities were misaligned there. But uh, eventually they open up the doors, they start letting us in, and there's a little checklist. They want to make sure that we had signed up, and they want us to give them our little tokens. And, oh, rats, I forgot my token. Uh, right. Had to run back to my room, which thankfully wasn't too far away, grab my token, run back, and you had found a mattress for us. Yeah, I had found a couple mattresses side by side. And at first we thought, oh no, we missed like the part where people claimed their spots because someone said something about that. Yeah, someone uh, spoke about, oh, we've already picked our spots next to each other. And we're like, oh no. Wait. Oh no, we have to be next to each other. This is for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but we were able to find two, maybe not in the most wanted real estate in the eye. But... So if you're facing the building from the side with the hammocks where we were usually approaching it from, we were on the right hand square End. and we we found a little corner where we couldn't really see too well what the shamans were doing over mm-hmm. in the center of the rectangle connecting the two squares uh, and then on the left hand side that's where it's open to the air there's no doors right uh, I think open. that's the more coveted spot I yeah think that's what had been I think taken. people had right already claimed spots on that side so as we're walking in a young man who will come to find out as the shaman is walking around with uh, a pot and burning aromatics in it and kind of wafting the smoke at us as he passes yeah he stops by and purposefully kind of Here's some smoke for you. Yeah. Pushes it your way. So I asked the shaman, uh, what is that? Is that frankincense? And he was like, (laughs) 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 okay, okay, little girl. And then he said what it was, but I don't remember what it was. We we exaggerated that slightly. It was was. Copal. Copal, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's where the Mormon god comes from. No. <laughs> he lives on Kolob. Kolob. Uh, Hy-Vee to Kolob. To he, <laughs> Apparently, it's, uh, I think, a sap found in South America, and they burn it for oh, okay. spiritual ceremonies, and I guess it smells something like frankincense, but mm. it, it, it was pretty good. pleasant enough. Yeah. 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 So he's getting and us you're prepared right. with that. We totally exaggerated that, but he did make a face that was like in a voice that was meant to communicate that I had made a very bad guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we went into side and as I was walking in they knew who I was I was that one person who's taking the very strong very 
potent homeopathic tincture. And they kept emphasizing this. Everyone wanted to clarify it. Now, you'll be taking the... The tincture. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I think someone came up at one point and just said, okay, is anybody here taking the tincture? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. let's, you know, not try to call out the one person that we know is doing Right, this. right. And we did come to find out literally there was only one. Out of... We're still not sure, 65 to 70 people. So imagine these big open rooms all connected to each other. There are floors that it's wooden underneath, but they've covered it with these interlocking tiles, uh, styrofoamy tiles, not styrofoam. Like at a yoga studio? Yeah, like a thick yoga mat, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then on top of those, there's a bunch of mattresses. So there's just, you know, everywhere they can kind of put a mattress to seat all these people. They've got one. They've covered it in a fitted sheet. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a tan blanket on it. That you might see in like a hospital bed. And one guy came by and very helpfully said, hey, pro tip everybody, you'll want to take this blanket and kind of pre-unfold it, lay it out accordion style so you can easily pull it over yourself once Mm -hmm. the drug starts because... You might be confused. No one says drug the, once the plant medicine takes effect. Right, right. Uh, so you can easily pull it over you because you might get a little confused. That was great advice. Yeah. Words to live by. So. I mean, I know me on the tincture, it just became <laughs> impossible to lift anything. We also had a pillow mm-hmm. and a blue bucket. Everyone had their own blue bucket. Our friend. My bucket looked just like everybody else's, but this one is my own. Right, it's your amigo. And yeah, we were taught to call it our amigo. I'll tell you about that in a sec. Yeah, I think you already know where that's going. We also get a roll of toilet paper Mm -hmm. because every now and then you need to... Blow your nose. Clean up a little bit, yeah. Yep. Don't put the toilet paper... In your amigo. In the amigo because later on we want to empty the amigos out into nature and give back what comes out of us and not so good having the toilet paper in there. So just make a little separate pile. Which we did. And I got to say, just all of these mattresses lined up do make you think of momentarily. Feels a little bit like a suicide uh-huh. cult. Just it a does. little bit. Yeah. And everybody wearing white. A few people not wearing white. We weren't right, the only right. ones. When you say just a little bit, you're not being hyperbolic or facetious. Like literally just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 20%. Also in this building, there's a lot of interesting artwork up. Mostly that, paintings. Like on the other side, there's some photographs. But yeah, on our side, it was... Not only paintings, but like very occultic imagery. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Right across from me, there was uh, like a woman wearing a, a long stole or robe, and she has her arms outstretched, and above her is a floating pentagram. And then a UFO? Was that on hers too? Oh, did that have a UFO? I'm not sure. One of them had a UFO. Okay. Uh, but over to the left was a very interesting one that had like a Baphomet goat head. Right. And it had a spiraling logo above it and it had a pentagram and uh yeah it was very like spacey meets occulty and then there was another one of a snake both of those were very dark too so Mm -hmm. the image was just kind of lightly painted on top of black Mm -hmm. and i thought oh this is exactly what our christian communities warned us about years ago places like this yeah sure 
So we got cozy and waited until they told us it was time for... Time, time to come in and meet the shaman. A little huddle, a little introduction. Yeah, we'll just do a quick little talk, you know? So we're thinking, okay, good. I love quick little talks. Yeah, you know, we'll go over the instructions. Obviously, Jerry went through them pretty thoroughly, so this will take a good five minutes. Yeah, yeah we know what we need to it. know. Uh, grab your pillows if it helps. Okay, grab my pillow. We no go prob. And we all go to the center connecting rectangle of this building and... Form a semicircle, multi-layered yes. semicircle around. I'll sit, sit down cross-legged. And, uh, in front uh, of the shaman. There's an altar there. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly there's like a couch. Right. Where the shaman sits and the shaman's assistant. And they've got a little altar off to the side that has some bottles. Pinkish, reddish bottles. Yeah. And we think, ooh, that must be the active is, ingredient Is over that there. the ayahuasca or is the thing in front of him the ayahuasca? Because yeah. he also has like a pot that's kind of simmering on a hot plate in front of him. And for all, from all the imagery we've seen online, it looks like they boil the ayahuasca plant itself inside of this little pot. So keep trying to crane right. my neck and look inside this pot, but I don't see anything in there. Turns out it's empty. And just to clarify, ayahuasca is a brew made out of the Banisteriopsis copy vine. Hmm. Yeah, the, and some other stuff. The the sacred vine, you might say. Yeah, or the grandmother, <laughs> you know, as we all know her and could have just called her this whole time and everyone would have known what was going on. During Q&As, people ask like, so about the yahe, and you're trying to figure out what we're talking about for a while. I'm like, oh, oh, they're just using a different term for ayahuasca. Okay. Yeah, different little nicknames for her. So many names. So it turns out this talk is a little longer than we thought it would be. <laughs> and it's, um, it's... <laughs> It's quite slow, and he laughs to himself. So this is our shaman. It's the same guy who had coated us with copal smoke earlier. A lot. What should we call him? So we'll call this guy Gene. He was a tall fellow, maybe close to six foot, five, ten, six, somewhere Couldn't in that tell. range. Sitting down, um, not sure. Caucasian male. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blond, sandy blonde hair. I would say early 30s, maybe. Oh, I would have thought he was in his 20s. Yeah, yeah. mid, late 20s, early, th- somewhere in that range. 28 and a half. Yeah, and he's got almost a flat top, shortcut hair, but he's wearing... Like a, a robe, a long like a woven shirt. robe. Yeah, a long woven shirt robe combo that has a lot of black and white stripes, but then there's colored stripes in the middle with red, orange, and blue and he's wearing lots of beads mm-hmm. around him so mm-hmm. he kind of rattles when he walks because he's got these hanging oh, that's beads right yeah or shells yeah i think they were little tiny shells and they weren't noisy he can't sneak up on you it's worth mentioning i think most if not all maybe all of the helpers were white yeah on this day i i believe so and generally well i mean which is interesting like this is definitely a ceremony that came out of the indigenous peoples of this culture mm. and i'm mm-hmm. sure they don't look super fondly on this I don't know. They, 20-something white shaman coming in and bringing in a bunch of white people, but who knows? They would allude regularly to their taita. Right. I guess it means like papa, something like that. Right. But their, their instructor. Progenitor. It's like your guru, essentially, uh-huh. like the one who trains you. And so it seems like they've all studied under someone who is a native right. resident and that, part of the long tradition. That's certainly how they made it sound. And they've I've referred just... to this guy who's old as the hills you know, like over 100 years old, but we never saw him. And then at one point, of course, they had Mugenda, who appears to have grown up in the United States. He lived in Detroit for a while. Yeah. So I don't even know, I don't know what where his he's originally deal was. From. Yeah. But his specialty was Iboga. 
Yeah, so he gave us just the whole spiel again, everything that we needed to be aware of, as if we'd never talked to Jerry. Yes. Essentially. And much slower than Jerry did it. And all of the instructions we got, I could tell you right now in five minutes. It would be very easy. And he would punctuate his sentences with long, meaningful pauses. Followed by a soft chuckle to himself. (laughs) 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 And it wasn't like an evil cackle or anything. It was just a sort of, I'm living in this moment and life is funny sort of chuckle. So every sentence didn't have necessarily any humor content, but the sides of his lips would kind of curl up in a knowing grin and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it was over an hour. It was 65 minutes. Oh, that's over now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. You timed it, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he just gave us everything we needed to know. And then he would just kind of pause for a while. And then maybe he'd say something that was a restatement of what he just said. And finally, toward the end, he would turn to other people. Uh, so I, you have anything to add? Which was exactly like holotropic breathing. It really was. Let's contextualize this forever. And then he'd say, does anyone have any questions? And Carrie and I are looking around like, if you have any questions, I'll kill you. I know. I'm sure that your questions were legitimate an hour ago, but now they should be stuffed out inside yourself. (laughs) It went on for so long that there was a guy who fell asleep and started snoring. Poor guy. Because then his wife had to like poke him awake and you could tell he was really embarrassed. Right. And everybody was sort of softly laughing at his... his... In good humor. Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) at his snoring. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So Gene at one point turned to Kitty next to him, who Mm -hmm. would be his assistant, and asked her if she has anything to add. And she says, no, that was perfect, actually, which it wasn't. Um, And then (laughs) she says that she's a Reiki master. And so she might do Reiki over us as she comes by. They also explained another drug that we'd be taking. We'll tell you about that in just a minute. Yes. And they told us that the shamans are doing the medicine along with us. Wild. And I kind of knew about this. I knew that like the shaman him or herself, the central figure, takes it along with you. And I figured in a place like this where your whole selling point is that you're a hospital and you can take care of me no matter what. You're going to have have someone sober sober there. Right. Also, you have a homeopathic tincture. If you insist on everyone taking the quote unquote ayahuasca, and it's exactly the the same experience, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, no, everybody in this room will be taking some of the medicine. Yeah, the non homeopathic medicine, except for yours truly. (laughs) He also introduced us to some of the implements of the trade. There's this fan that's made out of leaves attached to each other, and they call it a, a weera, and they can kind of fan that over you. So that makes a lot of noise. And then there's this mixture they keep like in a, it looks like a sarsaparilla bottle to me, but it's got alcohol in it. I guess the only alcohol approved on the campus called Chandu, Chandu. And uh, it was something that they can then imbibe and then blow out of their mouth at you in your face. We're not spitting on you. Yeah, right. We're not spitting on you. Uh, And close your eyes when we do it. We'll Mm -hmm. warn you. Always a good... Good warning. You don't want to get it in your eyes because it's alcohol. It will sting. So we've gotten plenty of context now. Oh, but wait, there's more Ross. Uh Uh-oh. So when he is certainly run out of things to say, he has to be done. He has to be done. He sits and he thinks a long time. Then he says, is anyone afraid of snakes? (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. And I raise my hands and maybe like 10 other people raise their hand. He chuckles to himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then says, 
See, I like to ask this every time because... <laughs> this really is the cadence. Yeah, because Mother Ayahuasca often comes to us as a snake. Okay, got it. Snake. She's a snake. Got it. Okay. But so she also can appear as a tiger. Okay, got it. Thanks. Tiger, snake. Done. Or oh, a jaguar. Okay, got it. So big cats, snakes. No problem. And also, oh. a, he didn't say mountain lion. What was it? It was another word for a mountain Cougar? lion. Cougar? Cougar. I don't know, but a mountain yeah. lion, essentially. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, we'll be on the lookout for Mother Ayahuasca. Let's- no problem. And then he then he tells us in that same slow pace, you know, not to be afraid. You can't actually be hurt by her. She loves you. Go toward her. If something's mm-hmm. difficult, always mm-hmm. go toward it. So if you're afraid of snakes, how awesome that she came to you as a snake. And I'm like, I get it. I, oh, I get it. I wish I hadn't <laughs> said I was afraid of snakes. <laughs> We'd all just not put our hands up. We wouldn't have to listen to this. But yeah, he's doing an overview of the different types of journeys we might experience it's like we had a mandatory class on this this. and then he tells us this one is actually better tasting than some of the other ones huh okay the other ayahuasca brews yeah we've been warned it may not taste great so with that 65 minute talk (laughs) we get to go back to our mats Mm -hmm. we lay down and then we've been prepared we're gonna be not called up one by one but we can get up and get in line and there's four stations, two in that center area next to the shaman and one on each wing where we can receive rape. Which we mentioned in a previous episode. Which is spelled R-A-P-E, but there's an accent over the E. Right. So good luck Googling that. So we get in line and I don't even know if I can take that. So I mean, because you- we're told that it's a tobacco mixture and I'm thinking, okay, you know, my medicine doesn't prevent me from, I mean, I'll smoke, but I've never heard that I can't smoke on this medicine. And, and the way they're going to be administering it is they have this long cylindrical pipe, a uh, long tube essentially that has a little crook neck at the end, a little right angle and a little tube that goes up and they're going to stick that tube up right under your nostril and then blow some of this lightly burning rapé into your nostril. So we're in this line, and the line is not that long, but very slow. Mm-hmm. Kind of like waiting for Dumbo. Oh, the ride at yeah. Disneyland? Okay. Always very slow. Kitty is on our side, right. so we're lining up in front of her. So you get on the pillow in front of her, and she talks to you briefly. At first, we're like, "What's? why is this so slow? Like, what, what happens oh, on that pillow? Yeah, yeah. Why are we standing in this line forever? And we see one woman walk back to her mat and her face is just red and her eyes are streaming it looks like she's been crying for an hour or something right yeah and i and i thought like oh man that smoke must be intense yeah yeah poor thing she was also sitting right next to the line so everyone's just kind of side-eyeing her is that girl okay and she probably (laughs) just would like everybody to stop looking at her but finally we get up to the front of the line i went before you right right okay so i went up and I asked Kitty, I'm taking the tincture today. Is it okay for me to take this? And she said, yeah, you can still take the rape. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. I kneel down before her. Mm-hmm. And she takes her kind of corncob pipe type thing you were describing, yeah. puts it under my right nostril first. And she says, try to block off the back of your throat and don't inhale. I'll do all the work. So. Yeah. 
I'm like, okay. So I kind of like doing a light exhale, right? Mm -hmm. And she blows ever so slightly and a torrent of smoke goes up my nostril and overwhelms my brain. And she's told us that it'll travel up your nasal passage, over the crown of your head, back over all the way to the base of your skull. And I feel yeah. that happen, but and it's super fast. Supposed to awaken your frontal chakra, your third eye, and your what is it, crown chakra. Right. And so it prepares you for the your ayahuasca, journey. right? Your tincture journey. It, it opens you up, makes you receptive. But oh my gosh, I thought like, oh my god, this must be what cocaine's like. Like it was so painful. Going up your nose. Oh, it hurts so much so of it. bad. And, and, and she and does I, it twice for each nostril. I, I was like, oh, can you hold on? And I like <laughs> grab my nose, and she's like, that's okay. Take as much time as you need. And I'm thinking, well, this is why this. She's line's got toilet so paper long. there, so you can clean out your nose if you uh-huh. need to. But yeah, no wonder that line's so slow. I mean. <laughs> Someone is blowing smoke up your nose. Checks out now. Yeah, I was going to say literally, but that's not a phrase, blowing <laughs> smoke up. She's literally. Smoke up someone's nose. <laughs> um, so then she moved it. Finally, I was like, okay, I'm ready. But I wasn't even ready. I just wanted to. <laughs> I just knew like I can't hold up this line forever. <laughs> so I said I was ready. Do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. She puts it under my left nostril. She blows. I can tell she's trying to blow so gently because of <laughs> my reaction, which I'm sure is everyone's. She blows like so softly. <laughs> and it fills up my head. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Okay, cool. And stumble back. And I did not expect how like immediately Immediate. you have a serious effect. Yeah. I felt like woozy and lightheaded and like high. From hmm. tobacco. Yeah, and you were saying that this felt analogous to being to on marijuana. marijuana. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what the heck? And I went and, and sat down and you went up. Yeah, so I went up and she scoops this out of her hand and she interviews you briefly and asks you like a couple questions just to make sure you're all prepared. But yeah, she scoops this up out of her hand and the... Rape itself is this brownish, greenish, grayish mixture. Yeah, pretty gross. Yeah, and they say it's a bunch of herbs that have been burnt together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she puts it up each nostril. Oh, okay, okay, all right. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I tried to hold it all in, but went back to the mattress. And then you're busy just bl- blowing snot out that's laced with this stuff. It looks like charcoal coming out of your nose. It's so gross. And I tell Carrie, yes, I did already note like a pronounce hit to my vestibular system yeah it was really funny i'm like a little woozy and lightheaded and ross is like yes i feel my vestibular system sort of out of <laughs> and i was like yeah okay i'm losing my balance <laughs> I'm losing my balance so yeah, it felt like being a tipsy but it wore off very quickly it did it took like 10 minutes probably. yeah yeah if even for me and there's no gastrointestinal involvement nope yeah, yeah. it's all it's all in your head it's all heady Yeah, boy, that was wild. I did not expect that out of the rapé. And you also said that the smell reminded you of cat litter. Oh, yes, that's true. It did. Oh, yeah. And this is where I first realized, oh, this is so much like communion. You're waiting for the priest or shaman or what have you right. to administer this to you. And in this part, you like kneel down for it, which is sort of like the Catholic, you mm-hmm. know, bowing a bit for your wafer or whatever. And then later when you go to get the drink, it's even more like communion. So we sat there waiting again, just wondering, yes. okay, are they preparing this? What's Jesus going on? Jesus Christ. This thing started at 530 
It's now 7.35 and no one has taken any ayahuasca. Right. And what? So then we'll hear little noises happening over to our right. We're up against a wall and the shaman's over to our right, but there's kind of a wall and a lot of glass in between. So I kept leaning forward off my mattress saying, well, what are they doing? I want to observe uh-huh. this thing. And so I was telling Carrie, oh, they're, they're smoking cigarettes. And sure enough, the shaman is taking drags from what looks like a cigarette of some sort, Hmm. and then blowing the smoke onto a pitcher of the ayahuasca. And he's also doing kind of chants and stuff like that. No one really gets close to that process. I'm starting to put something together about this shaman. During the introductory talk, he told us the only way out is through. But that was Kitty who said that. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say, and now you watch him smoke a cigarette. We got some strong Scientological <laughs> vibes going on here. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because we both gave each other this knowing glance when Kitty said, the only way out is through. <gasps> Call back. And yes, we realize other people who aren't L. Ron Hubbard say that, but it's a strong Scientology reference for us. For sure. So finally, they do say, okay, we're going to call people up, uh, go ahead and form a line. They bring up our group first. So they come over to our wing and have everybody get in line. So there's two lines and there's two people, Kitty and the shaman, Gene, serving the Amazonian tea. We each take our turns. You and I are next to each other. Yeah, we kept doing that little dance where we're like, oh, no, after you, you go in front of me so that we two can be next to each other, uh-huh. which is not necessary, but it's very important to us. So uh, they had a small cup. Yeah, kind of the size of like two shot glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a very large shot glass. Mm-hmm. And so they filled it with, I'd say, somewhere between three and four fingers worth of this brownish, almost purplish liquid. Mm-hmm. That was the ayahuasca. And I was watching carefully between like, oh, what are they doing with this glass? And they would rub the edge of it to make it ever so slightly more sanitary with like a cloth. Because you're all using the same glass. Right, before handing it to the next person. So I got my ayahuasca. I think I got mine first. Yes. I don't mean to brag. Okay. But I was getting the stronger You want to tell people about your tincture? Well. It's not stronger. It's the same exact, exact same experience. It's exactly the same, but it's also better. (laughs) Okay. Because with homeopathy, less is more. So the less you have, the more you have. So actually, the people listening to this who have never even been near ayahuasca, you had the most potent Mm. ayahuasca. And they assured us there were seven parts per million ayahuasca in your tincture. In my tincture. So how'd they deliver that to you? So as I walked up, Kitty was my communion officiant mm-hmm. and she saw me and she recognized me and she said, ah! And she turned around and she grabs the tincture and it's in this little dark brown metal bottle, kind of mm-hmm. like what you picture at an old-timey pharmacy. But on it, it says something like, Rhythmia tincture. It doesn't say ayahuasca on it for sure. Mm-hmm. She shakes that up and she says, put 10 sprays under your tongue. So I spray it under my tongue 10 times. And t- 10 sprays actually gets like a fair amount of liquid. So now I'm like, okay, circle. Um, <laughs> and my journey begins, Ross. Yeah, immediately you fall on the ground. Oh convulsing. my God, the snakes just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that would have been hilarious if you just drop on the ground. Like, oh my goodness, the snakes. I really wonder if at that point they would break character and be like, honey, you didn't even take it. That stuff's just not even. This is psychosomatic. This, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's just like some cheap local alcohol or water. <laughs> okay, so you returned humbly to your mat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then took 
my cup of proffered ayahuasca. And it's the closest thing I can say, it's kind of like prune juice. Okay. It's a, a very, again, brownish, purplish mixture, very much opaque. Kind of like mud, but not quite that thick. Not that thick, yeah. And it was, um, yeah, like a earthy prune juice. And okay. I'm okay with prune juice, so I'm okay with this too. I was like, all right, not too bad. Some people were kind of washing their mouths out. I didn't feel the need to do that. I also walked back to my mat, though I stopped to use the bathroom. Oh, that's right. So I knew that we took it at about the same time. I come back to the mattress and you're not there. And I was like, oh my God. I had one job. <laughs> my only job in all of Costa Rica was to make sure Ross doesn't die and he's not even here. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I like sat down on my mattress and I'm like, okay, just don't freak out yet. Just wait to freak out. I'm freaking out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Wait to freak out. And then you came back. You were peeing. You know, want to empty the system before doing this thing. That sounds harrowing, Ross. But you know what's not harrowing? Puppies. That's exactly what I was going to say. Cool. Now back to our show. <laughs> no, I was going to say Squarespace. Oh, that was actually the first thing I wanted to say, but you know. Then you second guess yourself. And you know what? You should never second guess yourself because 90% of the time, this is a fact, 90% of the time, the answer is puppies. Yeah, right. But with Squarespace, you can turn your cool idea into a new website. You can blog or you could publish content. Mm-hmm. All of this with a beautiful website. And this episode is brought to you in part by Squarespace. So why not head over there and see all the great tools they can give you to make your website beautiful. Yeah, you could sell products and mm -hmm. services of all kinds. Any kind. Maybe you want to sell those big mouth Billy Basses, mm -hmm. you know, where you push the button and he's like, "Is a little song I wrote. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe you want to sell those. Nope, 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 don't, don't worry. worry. Be happy. Be happy. <laughs> maybe you want to sell those? You can. Well, maybe you can't because they might be copyrighted or patented or something. But the point is you could sell them on the deep web with Squarespace. Is it the deep web? No, probably okay. not. It's the legal, legitimate web. Mm -hmm. You can do anything that you want to there that's legal. Okay, people? <laughs> Let's keep it clean. Uh, you could announce an upcoming event or a special project. You could do anything you gosh darn please. And Squarespace does all this by giving you beautiful, customizable templates created, get this, by world-class designers. That's the best class. Mm-hmm. Well, there's universal class designers, but mm. they're busy. Yeah. And theoretical. We don't know who mm. else is out there. Quantum. There's also e-commerce functionality, so you can sell stuff, and they'll set you right up with a cart. You don't have to be a crazy programmer. But if you are a crazy programmer or even a sane programmer... Then have at it. Yeah, you've also got all those tools available Just to you. Just head out of that WYSIWYG and into the HTML and hey there you are. They have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. There's free and secure hosting that comes with your account. And there's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Plus, ding dong, 24-7 award-winning customer support. That was me ringing the doorbell to go into customer service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm glad, glad you clarified that. Thank you. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code OHNO, O-H-N-O, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com and enter code OHNO. All right. All right. And back to our show. So laid down is a little cool. So you got to pull up that handy blanket 
and you sit and wait because it takes over an hour generally for ayahuasca to start taking its effect. So, interesting because jerry told someone who asked that this whole ceremony would last two hours where would that number have come from i don't know i can't even think of a part of this that you could isolate and call two hours here's my guess maybe your first drink to where your first drink wears off but then you keep drinking no because you did that sometimes okay so maybe it's two hours before we actually let you drink it (laughs) maybe because that that's does true. That seem to be about true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for whatever time, we, we have no idea how long this is going to go. We are waiting on the mattress and they turn the lights down and you're just kind of waiting in the dark to see what happens. And we're not supposed to talk, but we're kind of whispering and we're in a corner where we can whisper a little bit. There's one guy to the right of me. And one guy to the left of me. I'm closing my eyes every now and then and I see... Well, first you told you thanked me for being there with you. Ah, well, thank you again. You're welcome. It was very nice to have you there, keeping an eye on me. And thank you for keeping an eye on me while I was on my journey. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I would close my eyes and I'd be kind of questioning. You know, you see just those dancing shapes on the back of your eyes. Yes. It's not direct photons hitting your retinas. It's directly the brain generating images, Mm -hmm. but also kind of sensing the light outside of your eyes working its way through your eyelids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're just questioning all of this and none of it is pure black. It's like this kind of cosmic microwave background radiation speckling. Right. Ever so slightly different. That for me is usually like gray hatch marks. Oh, hatch marks. Interesting. It's kind of cloudy for me usually. Okay. Yeah, over time... As we get like to that hour mark, I see little flourishes. So every now and then it'll feel like there's been a little light that has pierced the clouds and is hitting me directly. Like, whoa, oh, a little flash of like diamond or a light. And then I'm seeing colors start to dance around and there'll be green to yellow to red and there will be intricate shapes. And so these are building in intensity. And at first, of course, I'm wondering, okay, is that just my imagination? Right. And then the real palate cleanser with ayahuasca I found is that you can just open your eyes and it won't overtake the vision of what you're seeing. Ah, right. You're a little like drunkish as it sets in. Otherwise, you see yourself in the world. Okay, we're reestablished. Close your eyes. And then these patterns start emerging again. So that makes sense why they like you to do it at night. Mm-hmm. So that you like all you can focus on is that visual stuff. Totally makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'd been wondering. Is this a VR experience or an AR experience? Does it like augmented reality take over what you're seeing and augment the world? Or is it you have to be in this kind of closed mode, you know, where you're you're seeing blackness and it's on top of that? It turns out it's the latter, at right. least for me. That seems to be most everybody's situation. So you kept leaning over to me and saying nothing was happening for a while. And then you closed your eyes and opened them back up. And I was doing like a snake dance to try to make <laughs> you think I was a snake. And you played along, but I don't think that you thought yeah, I was Yeah, you didn't snake. fool me. God damn it. So slowly these shapes started to become more intricate. And it was a lot like what you see with 
the artwork where you have it's almost like a spirograph of just these lines overlapping each other very intricate patterns details upon details so it's starting to get richer and richer and they're okay it's happening now so cat was walking around uh and she was waving some leaves over certain people's heads and only for a couple minutes and then she'd stop and she also was Picking them, I don't know, like as if they were chosen by the cosmos. It wasn't like, oh, this person and the person next to them. It was like this person. And now I'm drawn to someone 15 people away. Oh, and now I'm back to that first person, but I need to get two people over from him. Okay, and now back to 30 feet away from him. You know, so she's kind of zigzagging across Hmm. the room. Yeah. And then there there started to be some light moaning to our left. I don't know if you were even aware of it. Uh, I don't remember that. Some people moaning and like just starting to like either be sick or be sad. I don't know. Some Hmm. sort of negative thing going on over there. And then a woman over to the right was doing like cat-like stretches and motions for a while. And she would uh, curl up her back like a cat and then straighten it out and then like put one one arm forward like it was a leg and shake it like a cat. Huh, okay. So, yeah, she was having an experience. But you still seemed bored. We kept giving each other like these complacent thumbs ups. That was our communication for a while. Thumbs up, still yeah. doing good. So, yeah, everything's fine. Pretty I'm normal. kind of bored. One of the first physical sensations I felt was this roving dead spot in my body where like I just oh. I wouldn't feel parts of me. Oh, I would feel like, oh, that's weird. Generally where my kidney is, it just feels like it's all numb right now, like it had fallen asleep. So that doesn't seem good. That's a little disconcerting. And then, oh, now my groin, I can't feel it. Do you feel like I can usually feel your kidney? No, just like that area, like where you normally have... Just some sense of self. Yeah, the (laughs) proprioception of your body being there and functioning. All of a sudden, it feels like a a dead arm, essentially, like when your arm goes to sleep. Right. So those little patches are working their way across my body. Like, huh, okay, that's something. (laughs) Maybe this is death coming from me. Very interesting. And I think I clued you in at some point, like, okay, I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit. So I was just sitting there kind of trying to meditate and you started leaning over and saying, basically, I see shapes. And then you tell me like what the different shapes were. Mm-hmm. But for a while there, it just sounded like you were kind of watching the intro to Say by the Bell. <laughs> uh, they also finally started music. Yes. So for the first half hour, maybe, they were playing the sound of a stream and birds, which was lovely. I really oh, liked yeah. it. Yeah. But then eventually, they, you could tell they wanted to take you on this sort of dramatic journey. So they had to turn to like some dramatic music. Yeah, there was a long playlist and the songs all seemed pretty long too. Yeah. I mean, time is all relative when you're in the midst of this thing. So the grandmother. It's hard to know exactly how long anything was happening. Also, a lot of the songs were about ayahuasca. Yes. That surprised me. Yeah, there were a lot of songs where ayahuasca was a lyric or they'd sing it repeatedly. Right. Uh, A lot of the latter. A lot of just ayahuasca and then singing. That almost was turning into like a lounge song or something. (laughs) (laughs) So you finally felt something at 9.38. Oh, is that when I told you? Okay. Uh So you had- You had a phone in there. They had Mm -hmm. discouraged us from bringing phones. I did. I wasn't using my phone much. I just had my watch on. Ah. Ah, got it. Yeah. Yeah, so you told me you were leaden in the chest. You had vivid colors when you closed your eyes. Yeah, that was uh, the next physical sensation after the little dead patches is I would just feel my head weighed down, my chest weighed down. And yeah, it felt like lead. And it was so weird. If I struggled to lift my head, 
then all of a sudden it became very easy. And then there was this weird hmm. mismatch between that whole sensation that, oh, you can't lift your head and, oh, you just did. You did it. Yeah. Oh. And so I can see how it would quickly lead to an out-of-body experience too. Because, oh, right. Because of that disparity. But then I'd look up at you and, oh, weird. And then thump, my head would just kind of hit the mattress again. Yeah. So it took you about 90 minutes from when you drank it. That sounds when, about right. Yeah. And, and about what they had... Uh, predicted for how long it takes to really start taking effect. And uh, I remember I did start feeling nauseous and I was thinking, okay, well, I don't want to be the first one to throw up, but I feel <laughs> like so funny. this is starting to build up. And at some point, I think I was feeling nauseous enough that I thought, okay, I should I should get near the Amigo mm-hmm. in case I need to use them. And so I <laughs> repositioned myself and I had my head over the bucket for a while just in case, because I thought it was coming, like, oh, okay, here it comes. And I was already hearing other people starting to puke. So, all right, I'm not going to be the first one because they're already throwing up. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't coming. So I just kind of laid down next to the Amigo. Again, I'm feeling really heavy. And so I spent a good chunk of the evening, I think, you can verify, in that pose. Oh, yeah, where yeah, where your head was down by the foot of your bed, so to speak. Right. Oh, so, my gosh, so long. And so long the, to where I worried. My whole body is on the bed, except for my head, which is just kind of slumped down on the floor, and I can't really move from it. So this is where it got to the bad stage of ayahuasca. So everyone has a different experience, and every night you have a different experience. So it's really hard to tell anybody, like, here's exactly what's going to happen with ayahuasca. But... It does seem pretty uniform that you start out, at least if the music is giving you nice little ocean sounds, you get these kind of visions of crashing waves and everything is interlaced with these intricate patterns, almost H.R. Giger-like. Totally H.R. Giger-like, absolutely. The guy who did the alien designs. Oh, okay. So that kind of thing where there's repeated segments and again, that spirograph like overlapping of shapes. But when I was in this pose where I was face down, I also started getting hit with these just waves of almost pure emotion that was joined by these various images. So one thing I realized was, and I think I told you this later, I realized I couldn't move the camera around in my head. Yes. So if I was seeing something and I wanted to like kind of view it from a slightly different angle, this pattern or shape or whatever it may be. I would try to kind of will myself to, oh, I'm going to adjust this. Nope. Mm -hmm. No control over that. And so when I got down on my belly, I felt like I was looking down and I would see sort of the the edges of things happening, but I couldn't move my head up. Oh, strange. It was too heavy. And I knew it was happening like where things are supposed to happen above you. Like a video of a camera that's fallen on the ground. That's a perfect way of describing it. And so, yeah, I would see sort of the edge of some action happening, but I couldn't like get myself to angle up towards it. And I felt so nauseous and heavy. Well, that's really interesting because we heard about a boga that a lot of people see a screen and Jerry saw a screen. So they'll either see a TV screen or um, or a movie screen and then everything that is happening on that. And I wonder if for some reason these plants have that effect on you where you kind of can't control the POV and then maybe the brain justifies, oh, well, that's because this is a proscenium. We mm. can't get past it. Oh, maybe. It will stay like this. Maybe. I think before I got into the heavy, dark stuff, I think they did finally call for the second cup. Yes, ayahuasca. they did. At 10 p.m., they called for the second drink. Yeah, this is before it had really hit me hard when they called for the second cup. So everyone got up, and I got in line. 
with you. Mm-hmm. You were in line for your Yeah, second. I felt like I could do another 10. Like I was having a good, important experience, but at the same time, I felt like I could go deeper. Okay. Yeah. And my vision was kind of smeary already, so it felt like being drunk. Mm-hmm. And I was wobbling a lot as mm-hmm. I walked, and I was kind of looking at other people like, oh, are you all feeling as loopy as I am? Because I would just feel my body kind of constantly swaying. My legs would almost give out for a second. I have to kind of recollect myself. Ugh. And I remember thinking like, whoa, this looks so creepy right now because the lights are down. They've got a little altar with burning candles. And so I'm seeing everybody in relief of the, you know these candle flames. And we're all waiting in line for this ceremony. And there's a shaman. I was like, oh, this is everything they warned me about. Yeah. And that was kind of exciting. I also realized I had to pee again. Uh-huh. We'd all been instructed to hydrate. You're going to eat past two o'clock, but we didn't been instructed to hydrate. So I'd been drinking lots of water. So I'm thinking, I got to pee. And I'm just really starting to feel the nausea as I'm standing up there. Sure. And I'm swaying crazily and like realize my head is dragging everywhere. I was like, okay, okay, self. Uh-huh. I think this first cup is really starting to set in, uh-huh. feeling a little nauseous. think I need to get back. Yeah, all this happened before I, I started to try to puke in the Amigo. As I was getting pretty close to the front of the line, like, you know what? I think I'm good. You know, mm. let's Yeah, just, good for you. Let's just go to the bathroom. I- this is the first night. I'm going to have other chances to try this. I don't need to break any records. That's great. So I was standing in line and I turn and I see Ross leave the line and I'm like, whoa, this guy firewalked seven times. <laughs> if he is going back and not taking a second cup, he has to be in his cups. I'm, I remember thinking like, I don't need to dial this one to 10 just yet. Right. Yeah. So when, but I was proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. So I went to the bathroom. I went and laid down. Okay. And that's when I got face down because I thought, okay, you're going to, you're going to puke now and that didn't happen, but then I was just stuck in that downward-facing pose. So I got worried when you were in that pose because it went on so long that I poked you with my pen twice just to see if I could at least get a little muscle reaction. I have no Nothing. Your body that. was dead. It had no reflexes. Oh, no. How about how long did that go for? Because hmm. I'm, I'm curious because that was the bad period. Yeah. I want to say like in that, uh, 70 minutes. Okay. Uh, it was a lot. I remember every now and then in that pose, I would think, oh, shoot, Carrie needs to know I'm okay. <laughs> and I'd kind of move my limbs a little bit. And like I would have like a thumbs up, but I'd realize, oh, it's pointed towards my hip. She's not even going to yeah. see that. I finally saw a flicker in. I can't remember if it was your thumb or your foot. I would move my foot. That was yeah. one thing I could do without too much difficulty. Like, okay, okay, right foot's going to go up on the left ankle. And oh, there we go. Yeah, okay, I saw that. And okay, now I can go back. Okay, she saw that. Yeah, so I was like, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Because um, I, I was thinking like, oh, no, she's going to be worried because I'm not moving. Yeah, that worked. But it was really funny because later we were comparing notes. And to me, it was like I witnessed, you know, this involuntary muscle tick. And to you, it was like this gargantuan effort <laughs> right. to I, speak to I me. I will let her know I am still in here. <laughs> so the major visual motif for that first night was this black and white checker pattern that I kept seeing, like the the heart. Ooh, like Donald in Mathland. Ooh, Donald in Math Magic Land, one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah, me yeah. Too. Ooh, I like the reference. Wait, although I clearly didn't know the name. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's so easy to make film references to explain these things that you see. But yeah, it was like that Harlequin floor, like you see on uh, the Seas Candies shops. Yeah, sure. If anyone's familiar with that, or I kept thinking of Thief and the Cobbler. 
It was a film by the animator Richard Williams. It's epic because he's one of the world's best animators. He's the director of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He's known for animating on ones instead of doing one drawing every other frame, Mm -hmm. 24 frames per second, which usually you can do most of the time in animation, get away with 12 drawings per second. He like insists all the time on drawing 24 frames per second. And he did this film that came before Aladdin. It was like a Middle Eastern story about this thief and the cobbler. So it had all these elaborate drawings of these patterns rotating in space. And you just think like, oh my goodness, it must have been so hard for people to draw this. Yeah. Also to make another film reference, it reminded me a bit of the animation, The Secret of Kells. It's about these illuminated manuscripts, uh, the famous book of Kells. And only a few times in the movie do you actually see them animating, but you see all this intricate line work and it's moving around and it comes alive. And it's so cool. cool. But anyway, so that's what I was seeing. I was seeing these checker patterns and they'd have colors and they'd be rotating around and growing and shrinking and it was mostly like a two-dimensional plane but there were elements that would pop out or be in three dimensions so that was like my primary visual motif but other things would pop in so i'd see i can't remember the order these came in but for example the checker patterns would turn green and orange and for some reason they were reminding me of las vegas and like all this glitz and show. And I just remember being overcome by this emotion of like everything is cheap and meaningless. Mm. And I was just kind of disgusted by reality. And so that was one of those kind of pure emotions I felt was just this disgust mm. and everything is just so ugh, like superficial. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it wasn't attached to any people. I wasn't seeing any humans in these visions. Right. Except there was this odd interlude where I did see like scrolling web pages. And it would be like a Facebook feed or it would be a news article coming up. And I remember I would feel these emotions of controversy. Like I felt ayahuasca was forcing me to feel uncomfortable about what I was seeing, Ah. that it would be something racially charged or something about a serial killer or something. And like at one moment, I would feel like a whole range of emotions from approval to disgust. Mm. And it was weird because like I felt them all at the same time. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like this kind of quantum superposition where all states are active and it hasn't collapsed yet into a single one. So that was confusing and weird and I didn't like it. And I think in this first trip, I was trying to really control my experience and see just how present is the the real Ross in quotes and how much can he curtail this. I would say like maybe 40 to 60 percent of the time I could feel the real me aware of what was happening Mm -hmm. but there was also another me that was totally lost in this it it was weird it faded in and out right so you said that to me you said there's a part of me that's talking to you and there's a part of me that's watching this happen yeah I remember when I would talk to you it felt like I felt like I was three layers deep so I'd be like kind of sending a message up and then I would hear it arrive outside of me and say something to you and be like, oh, that's so weird. And then I'd hear your response. And then there'd be this delayed reaction. Every now and then you'd respond to the things I'd tell you was like kind of a witty response or a quick quip. And I would lay back down. And this was after I was out of the the bad slump. Uh-huh. This is once I'd, I'd reoriented back the normal way. But uh, yeah, I would lay back down on my pillow and then maybe eight to 10 seconds later, I would start laughing at yeah, what yeah, you yeah. just said. And then I thought you were just off on a new moment laughing to yourself. But then at some point you were like, 
what you said was funny and it had been sorry like, i'm um, on a delay yeah and it had been like half a minute or something so i i had like forgotten you know what we had been talking about it was pretty funny Hilarious. so during all this i was doing a little bit of breath work but i couldn't totally remember how to do it consistently by myself mm. and another little thing we've been learning to do in an investigation we can't tell you about oh yes um an ongoing investigation but Doing both of those and then like meditating. So all just sort of peaceful, self-centered stuff. (laughs) Self-centered. Not in that way. Quiet Uh, things. Yeah, quiet things. And I did get a message. Oh. Yes. So I was just opening my mind Mother up. Ayahuasca reached Yes. <laughs> Mother Ayahuasca or my subconscious mind, one, the other, or both, said, you were chosen to be on this earth. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Clear she didn't message. say anymore. She didn't say what for or anything. And actually, I felt like that was the point. Like, you're just chosen to be here and enjoy this life. And everybody who's here is supposed to be here and enjoy the life. You don't need, like, external additional purposes. That's how it felt. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like the kind of message you'd get from Mother Ayahuasca. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I don't think that first night that I had any big meaningful revelations that I can think of. And I think it was really just me trying to explore the bounds of how much control I had, which wasn't much, and it would get really frustrating sometimes. And another thing that I would see were these vignettes, these little tableaus where I was in this enclosed space, and I felt like I was almost a camera or like viewing a screen almost, but I was inside this this little space, and there'd be something really close to me, and everything is just ever so slightly moving. Mm-hmm. And even the camera is slightly moving. So you're always just kind of drifting. There's a little bit of a camera drift. And any objects you're seeing, they're also slightly moving, either rotating or waving or doing something. And the, everything has this added layer. Like the closer you look at it, like a fractal, there's like additional layers of detail inside of it. So I remember I would see weird vignettes like there was a playing card and it had a face that kind of looked like a Jack Nicholson as the Joker mm-hmm. sort of face. I was so scared of him as a kid. Oh, really? I remember it had bright green hair and a white face and like a red, like wickedly smiling mouth. Mm-hmm. But it would be on a playing card, but it's looking at me and it's just ever so slightly moving mm-hmm. and alive. And then in the background, there'd be all these other objects. And that was that emotion of just like, this is sickening. So I'd be oh, like, wow. I'm just grossed out, Ugh, but I can't move and I'm just experiencing this now yeah that's where you have to wonder is it just that you're feeling nauseous and then your brain's trying to justify the nausea through a narrative yeah or is, it, like or is that? it totally independent but eventually i did after having a bunch of that really unpleasant stuff i had enough composure i thought okay this would probably be better if i could get back on my back mm-hmm. and off of my belly and so i did i forced myself push myself up I'm like oh i can do this i can do this and then thump fall backward on the pillow. And after that, it was all just kind of pleasant, nary-fairy, and I was giving you little updates on what was going on in my head. Yeah, you were still able to talk to me. Yeah. Crazy. And as I would talk, I would kind of like see the words coming out, and occasionally they would just disappear. So I'd I'd see the stream of words coming towards you as I was talking to you, and then like, oh, shoot, I lost the thing I was going to say. Oh, it was funny, too. You said that a few times, like, sorry, I know what I'm saying didn't make sense, but... 
you had finished an entire coherent thought okay. when you said that. And okay. that happened a few times. Oh, okay, good. Because yeah, I was really worried like uh, if meaning was coming out of what I was right. saying. What it felt like was the, the feeling of finishing a thought was actually what was triggering the feeling of forgetting a thought. Mm. Because it would be like right after you completed a concept. Then okay. you'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, no, that makes it, perfect sense. Well, good. It, it was a real effort to speak. So I was giving you little updates as I could. And for every one thing I told you, there were maybe eight things I vetoed and thought, oh, I'll remember this later. I was really worried about forgetting all of this. Sure. You're here for so many hours. So I was encouraging you the next day, try to let go a little more in your follow-up trips because it did seem like you were really in your head for this one. Totally. Trying to be there for us, the listeners. Yes. And so that was my goal, definitely, going into the second night. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Line. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. So while you were going through all this, I started to get a little bit of a of a headache that was in the area where I sometimes get a migraine. So mm. I was like, uh-oh. As you may know, listener, you have to nip these things in the bud. So I got up and I thought, okay, like I can go back to my room, right? I'm the soberest person here. I'm the only sober person <laughs> here. I can go. But they had told us, don't wander off. Right. Don't go back to your rooms. Come on, there's got to be an exception for me, right? Okay, so I start walking back to my room, not running, just walking slowly. And this helper comes running after me. And I mean, running. Mm -hmm. Okay. And comes up to me and she says, real glossy eyed, I'd like to invite you back to the ceremony. <laughs> That's one of the creepiest things you can say <laughs> to another human being. So we'll call her Carla. She was a brunette woman probably in her early 30s very sweet and i said oh um thank you i'm sorry i didn't mean to make you run after me i just i need to go get my migraine medicine but i haven't taken the plant medicine at all uh-huh and she said uh-huh uh -huh, but you need to go back to the ceremony <laughs> and i was like she's been given one job she's right. gonna do it <laughs> and i'm like well i I could get a migraine, and I if I get the medicine, it'll stop it before it starts. She's like, okay, then I'll go with you. All right, compromise. I, sure, except I said, but aren't you on the plant medicine? <laughs> she says, yes. I so wonder now, how much she took. She told me it was a small amount. I okay. talked to her about it later. But she's but, clearly affected. But she's on the medicine, and now I'm babysitting her. <laughs> totally. So I'm walking back to my room. And it's a pretty long walk to your mm -hmm, room. Mm -hmm. You're room not as close as I Room 69 is not close. And I'm, so I'm walking to my room, and granted, she's done plant medicine a lot, so she's you know, she can walk certainly better than you would have been able to. But still, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm room 69, and she's like... 69, okay, so we've got 63, and I'm like, yep, this way, over here, okay, <laughs> great, 
So she's following me to my room and I'm trying to make small talk. And I did ask her how much she'd taken and she said they take a smaller dose. Okay. And then we get to my room and she's like, I'm just going to stand out here and look at the stars. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you are. So she stands <laughs> out there and looks at the stars. I really quickly text Drew like, oh, this is going so long. I'm so sorry. Ross is fine. Bye. Get my migraine medicine, go out. She's still staring at those stars. And I talked to her about those locusts. Oh, those yeah. Those six-inch locusts. She said they're called langosta. Langosta. And I said, oh, yeah, though, that makes sense. Sounds like locust. And she said it means lobster. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I thought, oh, right, huh. that means lobster. So wait, does it mean lobster and locust? Are you just high? <laughs> so I still don't know the answer to that. Okay. Maybe uh, it's a nickname. So then I get back to our bed and you have not moved a muscle yeah that, that was time. when i was still face down i do remember there were a couple times where i would lift my head up and you know struggle to look over and i remember once not seeing you there okay but my vision was hazy enough that i wasn't a hundred percent sure you were there <laughs> maybe i looked through her yeah but i was like oh, i don't think she's there but then i was like oh gotta get the head back thump i decided to try to take a nap at that point okay because this is going very long it, yes. We got there at 5 p.m. and I am the only sober person and it is now after 11. And you're listening to everyone puke? Puke, vomit, yeah. Puke. Cry, lots of crying. Lots of crying. Yeah, the whole, this poor girl in front of us was crying and crying and crying and the helpers kept coming over and reassuring her and then she started laughing, laughing, laughing. And at first it felt good for her that I was like, shut up. Yeah, the emotions are pure. You essentially just get like the full version of sadness or spoiler alert. I never got hit with pure sadness. And I was so purely happy about that. In this because, trip. Right. Right. Uh, or, or any night, I'll spoil it. But oh. I never had the emotion of just pure sadness. Oh, okay. It was something else. Because uh, you had some bad experiences, but they yeah. were of a different flavor. But it was never it was never sadness, but clearly other people were wrestling with sadness. And, right. Oh, they would just be bawling. Well, at 11.43, when we had been there for over six hours, yeah. they asked for a third drink. Okay. And I was and like, I are you e fucking serious? I didn't even hear that one. You told me, hey, they're asking for the third drink now. Good God. Yeah, I did. I said, you don't want a third drink, do you? And you were like, no. I was in a much gentler place. At that point, but I thought, I'm good for tonight. Yeah. I'm ready for this to wear off. Yeah, let's start all over. Yeah, exactly. Not happening. So one woman got up and was in line, and she was laughing hysterically in line, just doubled over, having such a good time. But there were probably only like 20 people who got the third drink. Okay. Four people had vomited at that point. Not that many. I think oh. you heard a lot of vomits from the same people, I think. Got it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, some of them were really involved. They were getting their bodies heavily into this vomiting. So another thing that happened to me is that I would get these weird compulsions that would come into my brain. Like I would think of doing something and then I'd be like, huh, that's silly. And then I would just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I'd be like, okay, no, no, I'll think about something else. Uh, nope. So the first one that hit me was, huh, wouldn't that be silly if you got up and did push-ups? Yeah. Right now. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. I know I'm not going to do that. And I just keep thinking, but you could do push-ups now. Yep, it, you totally could. There's nothing to stop you. <laughs> so I remember you saying before, you knew that, well, there's only one way to make this voice stop telling me to do this, and that's just do it, and then at least it'll be over. Right. This so reminds me of OCD, but it's like happy OCD. <laughs> because the little voice is like, did you check the stove? Are you sure? Because I don't remember. 
remember checking the stove. Did so, you? You could go back. And then you're like, I know I checked the stove, but I'm just going to go fucking check it. So you shut the hell up. Right, right. So that's what I did. So mm-hmm. I flipped around and I did push-ups. <laughs> yeah. You said, I have to do something stupid. <laughs> and then you did the push-ups and then you laid down and said, that was so stupid. <laughs> But mission accomplished, I stopped thinking about it. You also said around that point that breathing had stopped being automatic. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a major point, especially when I was face down, is that at times I'd realized like breathing had stopped becoming an involuntary action, and I had to actually think about breathing. So I'd catch myself and think, when's the last time I breathed? And so then I, you know, like have to breathe deeply and, okay, let's get some oxygen. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it just became a refrain, like, okay, breathe, breathe. And I definitely carried that with me into the second night, remembering, okay, you just got to breathe, got to breathe. I wrote down around here that you were laughing to yourself, but now I realize you were laughing at me. (laughs) Another compulsion that came to my mind was, you should hug Carrie. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be great if you hugged Carrie? You got up on one arm and you said, I have to do something else stupid. Can I give give you a hug? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't think I called it stupid. I thought I called it like a crazy thing or something. Oh, maybe it was can crazy. I ask you maybe crazy it was thing? crazy. You uh, called the other thing stupid. Yeah. Uh, I think I was conscious enough that I wouldn't have wanted to say it was stupid. <laughs> but I remember I had looked over and you were napping. And so I was like, okay, we'll just forget about it. Lay down. <laughs> but nope. Nope. So I like woke you up. Uh, and so you're like, oh, okay. So we gave each other a, a hug. And then I could go back to laying down and letting my mind wander around at other things. At some point, I did think they had mentioned that you could go out to the stars. And I think you had told me that the stars are really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go see the stars. So I got up, grabbed the Amigo just in case, and walked out to the wooden deck out there, got down to the cement. And there were other people, some of them with their buckets leaning over the bucket. Looking up at that big bluish black thing. Big bluish black thing. So I'd look up and it was all very smeary. But I was like, oh, wow, stars. Just kind of pivoting on my feet, looking around every which way. And Orion was the first thing I recognized it always is. And it was right above the lip of the building itself. So I kept looking at that, looking around. And Jerry had told us about leaping to stars like Mm -hmm. that's that's something you can do like pick a star and just jump for it so i tried to kind of do that and it was a non-starter uh maybe it was (laughs) non-starter maybe it was wearing off by that point if anything that night the stars felt flatter to me Mm, like oh that's interesting it felt more like a like a dome-like projection (laughs) rather than actual stars in the sky oh i did tell you when you Get on the ayahuasca if you have a flying experience to look back and tell me if the earth is flat. Oh, okay. But you didn't. I don't think that ever happened. No, sorry. But this feels like confirmation. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the flat earth is on to something. Research flat earth. (laughs) So I tried laying down for a bit, but that wasn't as exciting. So I got back up on my feet and I just kept pivoting around. But there were other people doing stupid things outside. So I wasn't the only one. And people were out in the darkness, too, and you couldn't see very far. So every now and then someone would come walking back toward me and they'd be all smeary and it would just be it would be this shape. And then you'd stare at it for a while trying to figure it out. Like, okay, Mm. the shape is moving and it's got fuzzy, feathery edges, but I'm going to figure this out. And then next thing you know, they're like right next to you as they're walking past you. Like, whoa. So I stayed out staring at the stars for a while and then eventually wandered back in. 
Well, I was inside having my own journey. I had taken the tincture and I found that mostly I was having the exact same experience as if I hadn't taken anything. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's weird because it was supposed to be exactly the same. Exactly the same or stronger depending (laughs) on which philosophy you follow. Well, that placebo uh, did not work out so well. But I did have one real moment of clarity that might have been while you were outside. So I had gone kind of from this elated experience of like, wow, this is so cool. Like, what a cool experience to be around all these people who are Building a memory, they'll remember the rest of their lives, and I get to be here. Yeah, and, uh, that's the spirit. Yeah, and then uh, spending time in meditation and getting that little sentence from my own mind, and I was feeling like really cool. And then at other times, it would overstay its welcome. The thing's too long yeah. if you're sober. And so I would go from like, this is amazing to this is very silly. And one of the this is very silly parts that's crystal clear was the young shaman coming through the room and this like very dramatic sort of house music was playing and he was walking out the main glass doors and I could see him walking out in his woven robes and I was like, you're just a guy in like your 20, this white guy from the States in your 20s <laughs> who came to Central America. You probably did a bunch of drugs in the States. Then you came here and now this is the drug you do. But we're supposed to be impressed that this is like your job now because you're taking people on journeys where you don't even talk to them. They lay on blankets in the middle of nowhere. Whoa. And you're, oh, okay. Okay, buddy. And then it would just like snap back and I'd be like, you know what? No, this is pretty cool. That was just the tincture talking. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) The wild one with gesticulations. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I was gesticulating during that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry, everybody, you missed. uh, Carrie had some strong body language there. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. Yeah, I I felt it slowly wearing off, but I was still very much kind of trapped a few layers in my head. When they offered that third cup, I was like, in no way. Yeah, are you kidding? Forget it. Yeah, eventually we did. Did they offer four total or just three? Just that three. Night? Okay. It seems like they always cap out at three. Okay. So yeah, the the music kept playing and the songs are talking about ayahuasca. An interesting mix of kind of native sounding music, a lot of lyrics in Spanish, mm-hmm. a lot of singing about ayahuasca, a lot of kind of techno y music. This is the kind of stuff you would expect to be played in a yoga studio or a on an ayahuasca camp yeah very much like the kind of music you'd hear at an ayahuasca camp uh it was a, a kind of eclectic mix but still of a family probably if you went to like a sound bath yeah oh definitely yeah mm-hmm. so if you're watching a lot of spiritual videos online you're if you're hear watching gaia.com you've heard some of this music, <laughs> some of this music. so finally at 2 44 a.m oh they turn the lights up 2.44 is in nine hours and 14 minutes after we got there. Oh, and it was supposed to, like, on the schedule that gave a more honest appraisal, they still said it should be done by 12.30. Uh, yeah. And so there was a long period where we're just sitting there going, end this already. Yeah. Come on, everybody's- Stop it. Everybody's finishing up. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's one or two stragglers. I went out to look at the stars again. This time they weren't moving around. So, okay, good, good, so good. yeah, I feel like I'm almost sober. I'm still a little like woozy on my feet, but I'm getting there. It's like, okay, I'm ready to just go back to my room and fall asleep now. 
And I'm feeling a mixture of annoyed and delighted that they felt they could <laughs> tell me that this would be exactly the same. <laughs> so then what happened? They just send us home? Well, you grabbed my notes and wanted to write to see if your hand worked. It did. Yay. I have a little note here. This is Ross, just checking to see if I can write. Yep. <laughs> all right. We all like looked around. They made sure everybody was okay to walk. Everybody could stand up okay. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I think I can go. <laughs> I think I'm all right. Oh, another one of the weird compulsions I had gotten was to stand on my head. Oh, yeah. I think I was asleep during that. Yeah, right? so I did that for a while. Sure. I'm surprised they let you do that. Yeah, no one came over. Oh, I'm missing one of the most important moments. Uh-oh. I was whispering to you uh-huh. while I was still in my, you know, hazy state. And I can't remember. I was telling you about something going on in my head. Oh, you said you wanted to be a dentist. Did I? Yeah, that you were going to quit your job and become a dentist. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I do have some recollection, which is also interesting, just that I was forming memories during all this. But as I was talking to you at one point, Sandy came by and she whispered to you. Yes. And, then, and I threw you under the bus. Did you? Yes. She came by and she was like, um, we actually don't talk during ceremony. And I was like, oh, yeah, he keeps saying things to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I was trying to report my experience. I know, to- but I, I just I, I just got that immediate like, I've been called out by the teacher. How do I, okay, it's my classmate's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a terrible whisperer. Mm. She came over to me and I'm still very much uh, woozy at this point. And so I kind of get up on my elbow to hear her. And she says, you know, we really need you to respect the sacred silence. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I was mortified. I felt so embarrassed. <laughs> like, oh, I've been making all this noise and everyone's been hearing. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And so my head's swimming around. And again, it's in this kind of obsessive mode. And I'm thinking, I need to tell her as soon as this is all over. I just need, I need to thank her for telling me this. Because I was aware and there was even part of me that was saying, no, you shouldn't be whispering right now. But you just kept doing it. Because you, you you didn't really like like because you show up so they don't have to. <laughs> yeah so I'm just thinking okay I need to tell her I'm so appreciative because you know that really shut me up and that's what I needed to hear and I you know I wish she told me she earlier is Mother Ayahuasca and then I was thinking okay when well, I need to uh, let's see oh, what's her name and so then I got obsessed over what her name was it's like <laughs> I know this I should know her name. <laughs> And I was I was totally wrong because I was thinking it started with like a CH and uh, we're not using her real name, but it didn't start with a CH sound. So I'm like, Chloe? No. Crystal? No, that's definitely not it. Chrissy? It might be Chrissy. She could be Chrissy. I don't know. But I really need to thank. So I I spent a good 20 <laughs> minutes just thanking her internally in my head because that was, that was so great of her to tell me to observe the sacred silence. Of course I should be respecting the sacred silence. Ross! <laughs> so when when they finally had turned up the lights a bit and everyone's sort of stretching, looking at each other and sort of smiling, you know, we're all coming out of this thing. Finally they say, okay, everybody, well, let's, let's come back and form the circle again. And so we go back to sit in front of the shaman yep. and take our previous positions And you know what? Time to unpack this. Yeah. You know, it's only 2.44 a.m. Let's see how everybody did. We're two hours past what should have been the end point. At the latest. So he starts telling us about, you know, you get these messages and (laughs) they're 
they're so important and you, you learn things the the mother knows what you need mm. and you know she finds that spot inside of you and sometimes it takes a while but she'll mm. find what you need to release mm. and so he does his whole like introductory talk again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tells us how great the mother is how it's not him don't think that it's him it is mother ayahuasca it is the vine it is the grandma okay got it cool yep mm-hmm. i would like to go to bed and tomorrow it's going to be a new experience and i know you're all you're all going to be really tired tomorrow and i'm thinking yes if we keep drawing this out stop but the, he does the turning to the people next to him is there anything i forgot what else should we say yeah. there's got to be more long pause does does anybody have anything that they want to share and I think, oh, no not now no, no sharing we this have a whole week this is a bad time for it but no people started sharing and asking share. questions they gotta share and there's a real uh, showboaty quality to a lot of the sharing arrhythmia oh okay yeah yeah I, not everybody but some people really get up and are like oh boy long guttural pauses I just really worked through what I think. And you're like, oh, God, get to the point. Come on. You can do this. Come on. There are a hundred other people here. Gather your thoughts. The only way out is through. Yeah. So we sat there for another over an hour. So we went through who had had a pinta, who had had a consult, who had had a body. I definitely had a pinta. And who had had a nada, which is you take the thing and you go to sleep. There isn't a name for you took the thing and nothing happened, but you didn't go to sleep. Right. No name for that, which is weird, Hmm. which I guess is what I had. We'll call that a day nada. Great. (laughs) So that went on for an hour. That was terrible. Also, I forgot to tell you, Carla asked me if I had run it by the shaman that I was going to take my migraine meds while I was on the tincture. (laughs) And I just said... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> as far as you're concerned, yeah. <laughs> I had told the actual medical doctor on the facility, so I didn't feel like I needed to be like, hey, random dude, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i going to take some migraine medicine, even though I'm also drinking this water. Right, okay? right. Okie doke. So they finally let us go. What was it like? I think 340 when I got back to my room. Probably something like that. Yeah. Oh, It went on for, yeah, 10 hours, really close to 10 hours. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I think the best way I can serve this investigation is to let Ross sleep during the morning, and I'll go to all the morning classes. Yeah, because there's like a nine o'clock class. Yes, how does anybody go to these? Not to mention like the seven o'clock yoga session. Mm -hmm. No way. Which even I am probably not going to be up for. Right, yeah. And I have taken nothing. So uh, so we made a deal at this point. You felt safe enough to go without me. especially to the since we could, Right. And especially since we couldn't talk to each other. So we decide, okay, I'll go to like all the talks up until lunch. And then we meet up. And then in the evening, you do the, the plant medicine. Yeah. So then the next day, we did a bunch of cool activities that we will tell you about. But we also... Basically recorded, recorded the episode, this episode that you that just you heard. heard. Because well, I wanted to make sure I had recounted everything about my first experience before I had my second experience. Because I was really worried. You know, you've got ten hours of experience and maybe six of that while you're actually on this drug. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get that all down on tape. 
Not mm-hmm. that there's any tape involved in this recording process before I went into my second experience, but we did record. It was a great episode. You would have mm-hmm. loved God, it. You would have really, boy, you guys, you're going to love this. But we ended up leaving the SD card, that's what we actually record on, from our recorder at Rhythmia. It fell out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you that story because that story gets wild. Yeah. But just remember that. It becomes a critical moment in the Rhythmia journey. That really shows some of Rhythmia's true colors. Indeed. We'll tell you more of the story. Again, there's many parts to this. So we'll be back next time, the next day of our Rhythmia experience. And that's it for this episode. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. You can find us all over the place, but namely facebook.com forward slash onrack. That's where you find Videos of us staring at you like Brazzo. Exactly. Or photos of these investigations. Did you also know there's a Max Fun LA Facebook group? Because there is. And we're going to go on a bird watching adventure on the 25th. And by we, I mean me, because I just remembered Ross can't go. You can also follow us on Twitter at Oh No Podcast. And you could leave us a review at iTunes. That helps us, uh, you know, keep our rating up unless you s- leave us a bad review, in which case it brings a rating down. So don't do that. And tell a friend about our show or just invite them on a road trip and start playing episodes. There you go. And what are they going to do? Jump out of the car? Exactly. Think about it. You can support us in all of our investigations at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And remember. Guarda, 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 no. Guarda, 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 no. Cura, 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 no. Yuda, 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 no. Guarda, 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 no. And I'm Renee Colbert, and we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds the- good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.